0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. And with me, as always, on a Friday is Kyle Posey. What's up, Kyle?
1: Hey, man. What's going on? Uh, We have another rivalry week, a big NFC Championship preview, baby. Let's talk about it.
0: Oh, God. Why do you have to start it off like that? When I saw this game on the schedule early in the year, I was so pumped up. Like, yes, we're going to have a Niners-Cowboys game late in the season Both teams are going to be good. Like, we're going to relive the 90s. This is going to be awesome. And now it's Nick Mullins against Andy Dalton. But nonetheless, we want to break it down for you. We're going to do that. Let's bring in Bob Sturm from 96.7 The Ticket in Dallas. He also covers the Cowboys for The Athletic. Basically, if you want to know Cowboys, you know Bob. Bob, thank you very much for the time.
2: Hey, guys. It's a pleasure. How's it going?
0: Well, did you get the uh, NFC Championship game preview that we hoped we'd see at the beginning of the year?
2: Yeah, you know what? I was just looking at the preseason odds and uh it it didn't really turn out like the odds thought it might and uh NBC properly flexed out of this thing. So there will be a game, but uh it won't be uh, nearly what uh what everyone anticipated back in April, but that's uh that's life in the NFL, isn't it?
1: We were expecting this game to be, as we mentioned, the NFC Championship. At the time, we were hoping that by now NFL fans would be allowed as well, and none of that happened. Like Everything that we thought would happen in April just didn't happen at all.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's no doubt it sucks on many levels. Uh, there's also something to be said for the fact that they've played every game so far, and so – um you know, just just seeing how the other sports have uh, sort of turned out. If they go 256 for 256, I realize it won't technically be a normal season, but it will be a complete one, and I think that at least says something for what uh, we've tried to put up with this year. Although, you know, Dallas and San Francisco, obviously, as cities are handling this differently, as uh, there will be fans uh, in, in the Death Star, if you will, on Sunday, and, uh, you know, you guys are, rolling to Phoenix for home games so uh it, it's different for everybody and uh it probably sucks for everybody so what are you gonna do
0: scale of one to ten how pissed was Jerry Jones that they flexed the Cowboys out of this game
2: you know what I honestly at this point I I assume he expected it um maybe he didn't maybe he lives in such a you know false reality that uh maybe this was a real shock to him it is weird that it's the Browns Giants like there would be times where you would say, okay, well, Steelers-Ravens, of course you flex that over this game. But uh, there's something about Giants-Browns that just sounds like it's a bad game, even if it might actually be a decent game. Uh, so so that one probably hit them pretty hard. the The theme here, guys, forever has been the Cowboys aren't as good as they think they are, and it really doesn't matter because the cash machine still absolutely – uh, destroys and that's just life as the Cowboys like nothing matters to the bottom line they have garbage season after garbage season and their value doubles like it just doesn't make any sense but it goes back to is the Jones family's main objective to win or is it to win financially and uh here everyone's kind of tired of the conversation but to people on the outside who roll through Dallas uh, once every couple seasons, they, they still kind of wonder how, how it actually works and how the public doesn't really demand that the Jones family changes their ways because I guess they think, well, what's the point? It's not going to happen. You can demand it. What does that mean? They'll uh, they'll shoo you aside and leave in their helicopter to their next, uh, to their big yacht in the Mediterranean. What are you going to do? I mean, it's a $300 million yacht guys. It's it's, it's not even a metaphor for anything. It's a legitimate three hundred million dollar yacht in the Mediterranean. To make it sound even richer,
1: <laughs> I don't know if you saw the uh, the viewing map for this game, but just speaking of the Cowboys' quote unquote success, every state west of Texas is getting this game. No matter no matter oh. who are uh, just and these are as we mentioned two teams that are going to finish at the very worst five hundred. So that is just yeah. amazing, just speaking of how many eyeballs are on the Cowboys. And you you kind of talked about it, but you've been covering the NFL for a long time. Did you ever see anything coming where we'd see a Giants and Browns game flexed for the Cowboys and the 49ers, two powerhouses of the NFC?
2: No, no, not at all. I, uh, you know, and at the start of the season, I I, I definitely know how the networks kind of have their own fantasy draft for dates. And uh, it's just this, it's just this, uh, you know, get, get out the Sharpie and, 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 and absolutely, Uh, focus on these games that we will build our schedule around and there's no doubt that NBC did that and uh, they said we need this game right before the holidays everyone's going to be hyped it's going to it's going to be awesome and of course injuries start happening Uh, with you guys it was very very early with the Cowboys they at least got a month of bad football and uh, dug themselves a hole and then the injuries uh, really started kicking in um, at, at a high rate but Neither of these teams resemble what we thought in August, and uh, that's why gambling is probably not the best idea, even though it's really fun. So, you know, you got to figure. Don't gamble more than you can afford to lose. Uh, How about that one? Speaking of guys
0: that haven't lived up to what we thought, we're going to get to Dak because we have a bunch of Dak questions, but Zeke has been really disappointing, and I know nobody cares about this, but I know this because he's on my fantasy team. Why hasn't he looked like the guy that he used to be in previous seasons?
2: Well, there's a million possibilities for the reason. Um, One would be that uh, he's in decline already. And, uh, you know, if you start to look at total touches and usage and things like that, there are some disconcerting things about running backs, of course, when they get around 1,500 carries. That suggests you've probably seen the best of what they have to offer, regardless of what their actual age is on their driver's license. And so, you know, with Zeke, he's 25, but he might be an old 25. And this is why people don't really recommend paying running backs for their second deal. If you want to draft them, knock yourself out. I don't think it's real smart to go top five, especially as you guys know. The Cowboys doing that puts DeForest Buckner in San Francisco. It puts Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore. It puts Jalen Ramsey in Jacksonville and on and on and on. The Cowboys had a chance to get some real franchise-altering guys at premium positions, and they ignored it because uh, Zeke was was just too much fun to, uh, to ignore, and they wanted to pair him with Romo, and it never happened. So, you know, there's a number of ways to talk about it, but they hired Mike McCarthy, who, as we know, has never put a big premium on running the football, and so I think if you want to squint, you can say, I think they finally left their ultimate dream, which is to recreate the 90s Cowboys. I think they left it behind with Jason Garrett. That team absolutely used the blueprint with the Jones family and Jason Garrett and the whole gang. We need to find our Emmitt Smith. We need to build our offensive line, and that's how you rebuild a dynasty, not admitting that the NFL is nothing in common with what it was in 1992 or 1993 or 1995. So they were chasing the ghosts of a of a you know age that's long since passed us and 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 so uh now they have a running back who is a pure running back there's nothing Kamara or McCaffrey or even Delvin Cook in in Zeke he's not a wide receiver he can catch passes but it's more like Leonard Fournette as a safety valve than it is as any sort of route runner down the field his his average depth of target is is the line of scrimmage. He's not a downfield guy. He's not Todd Gurley in in 2017 by any stretch of the imagination. So to see them invest so heavily on a pure running back after they spent a first round pick on Tyron and a first round pick on Travis and a first round pick on Zach Martin. If you do that, and Kyle Shanahan gets this, so I don't understand why the Cowboys don't, but if you invest in your offensive line, that's so you don't have to invest in your running back. If you do both, you're doubling down, and, and, and then we see that when the line is garbage, we see that Zeke is very, very ordinary. So it's a very frustrating thing to really admire some of the builds around the league, including the one in San Francisco, and to see that if you're keeping up with them, it's because you realize what's valuable and what's not on draft day. And meanwhile, the Cowboys are going guard center running back in the first round in consecutive years. And, and, you know, those are, those are just not usually top of the first round or even first round investments. Zach Martin's awesome. Travis Frederick was really good, but once you got those guys, I I just don't really see the value in Zeke. And by the way, the Cowboys knew this because they had, uh, uh, they had Darren McFadden run for a thousand yards. The Darren McFadden ran for 1,000 yards in 2015 with backup quarterbacks playing the whole time because Romo was out. So it, it wasn't just that they went from DeMarco Murray to Zeke. They had that middle year to kind of run an experiment. Okay, take the, running back, take the quarterback away. Take the running back away. Could we just get a retread from Oakland to, uh, to play running back, and could he get 1,000 yards behind this line? The answer was yes, and they ignored it, and they just kept going with Zeke
1: it sounds like Jerry watched what McFadden did and took away with, oh, wow, imagine if we had a better running back. Which with is, a
2: healthy Romo.
1: Right, which is the worst yes. train of to, to take away from there. So looking at Zeke's contract, it looks like the Cowboys are pretty much stuck with him for a few years. Yeah. Uh, he has, he has a, some pretty high dead money over the next couple of years. Do you think that Jerry's regretting that contract? Like, If he had a do-over, will he just ask that?
2: I'd like to think he's learned something after being a, quote, GM for 30 years. But, uh, you know, uh, the the evidence suggests that uh, as opposed to admitting mistakes, he loves to triple down on his mistakes and, and to tell you. I mean, the lucky thing is he does multiple interviews every week because what owner doesn't do a weekly radio show in, in a couple different places? So he does, and in those interviews, he insists that Zeke is his best player. And, uh, you know, if not, so is Jalen Smith. And, you know, I just I just hit my head against the computer again and, uh, you know, just hope that it all changes soon. Unfortunately, the only way it changes probably is uh, is is the untimely demise, uh, almost like Al Davis passing away. And then we find out that these owners uh, have sons. And uh, often the sons aren't terribly more brilliant than the father uh, who just take over. And, you know, that's just just the way these NFL franchises seem to work. So I'm not as optimistic about Steven Jones as I once was because uh, um, I've seen a lot of his moves as well, including, like I said, locking down Jalen Smith and, uh, and, 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 you know, making sure that uh, some of these other guys, they have a number of bad contracts. The Zeke one is interesting, though, guys, because... They have till the first day or the third day of this new year. So it's March of 2021. And if he's still on the roster, then the 2022 contract gets guaranteed. So, so basically they would have to cut him now to get out of his 2022 deal, which is another 15 or 16 million. So he's already locked in for 21 guaranteed and 22 is about to guarantee by the first of March or so.
0: Man, that, that's that's awesome for Zeke. I don't know how that deal got done, but... It's still ridiculous. <laughs> um, if Kyle Shanahan called you and said, Bob, where am I attacking this Cowboys defense? You would say?
2: I would say Kyle Shanahan's run uh, running game is the most kryptonite possibility for the Cowboys because if you've watched the Cowboys at all, and sadly, I haven't missed a snap um they they are so bad at run fits they are so bad at run assignments uh the linebackers who i thought were pretty good um have just been vacating their hole at the first sign of eye candy and uh and and it's just i mean so when you look at what the niners can do and what they did in the nfc title game last year to green bay basically not throwing a pass the whole game and just with with eye candy and misdirection and just that Shanahan way of running the football, uh, they they just they just dominated a pretty good team, I thought. And, and so the Cowboys, the stat I have, I mean, everybody sees their 32nd in, in, in run defense, and that's not going to change. They're brutal. But the big issue for me is usually when you see that, you're like, oh, this must be a bad tackling team. And the answer is, I don't know if they are or not because they almost never touch the guy. Um, so so the actual skill of tackling is up for debate because it's not yards after contact this team gives up. It's yards without contact. Um, if, if you just go back and it's easy to search with a game pass like the, I don't know, the the, the 10 longest touchdown runs the Cowboys have conceded this year, and you would see that in almost every one of them, it's an untouched guy going through an unoccupied gap to the end zone. I mean, it's high school stuff. It really, it might not even be high school stuff, to be honest. It might be junior high. Uh, so so I don't, I I know Mike Nolan knows the game. I know Leighton Vander Esch and, uh, and, and Jalen Smith have played decent NFL uh, linebacker. I think both of them were in the NFL top 100 this year, if that matters. Uh, and clearly it doesn't because uh, this team is 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 just so bad assignment wise that i would suggest that obviously brandon ayuk and 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 the 49ers can get things done against a fundamentally sound defense this is not a fundamentally sound defense at least it hasn't been and that's why i'm pretty sure mike nolan has about 2 weeks left on the job i just i just assume that while it's probably not his fault we got we know how this works. Somebody's gonna have to pay for twenty uh twenty twenty being so bad, and it's most likely the uh the DC and your former head coach out there.
1: So I imagine just looking at this game, I mean, just talking about the running game. So Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, when you watch them it looks like, as you mentioned, they take any eye candy. So the 49ers, they motion more than any team in the NFL. Yeah. I feel like that's where the biggest discrepancy or that's where the biggest advantage for San Francisco is going to be in this game because they're going to see motion. They're going to run one way, and Mostert, Jeff Wilson, whoever's in the backfield is going to just cut back in the other direction. And the problem with the Cowboys has been, this has been a problem all season long, and it's the same thing every week. So what what are they even doing? It's tough to to wonder what they're doing or, you know, because – you're not seeing any of these mistakes get corrected. Um, We had actually, Kyle Shannon was on the KNBR just now, and he was talking about the new offensive line that the 49ers will have. So maybe the Cowboys will have an advantage here. So they have injuries. The right guard, Colton McKibbitts, who has been starting, is on the COVID reserve list. Tom Compton is out with a concussion. So Kyle Shannon just said, Justin Skule will start at right guard. He is actually their backup left tackle. He has Mm. played right guard. In the NFL. So this is going to be a disaster to say the least. So uh, we're talking about how, how bad the linebackers and the Cowboys' second-level defense is. But the 49ers offensive line, and this has been you know a hot topic all week, they've just struggled and they struggled and they've struggled no matter who's been out there. So with school out there, it can only be, um, we're only going to see probably a worse version. How has the pass rush been for the Cowboys? Because we hear great things about Alden Smith and it seems like from what i've watched at least earlier in the year they were getting pressure from the outside but they i mean up front they they just have nothing up the middle
2: yeah, the 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 plan this year was to have Gerald McCoy really help them, and with Tristan Hill, and and you know just have a decent defensive tackle group. Uh, Don Terry Poe was in the mix, and and honestly, as you can tell from looking at the depth chart, it it never really materialized. Uh, so so you know just overall, if you were to say you know where's this where's this pass rush been, um, you know it's just it's it's been okay. But not good enough, and and you know a lot is built around Demarcus Lawrence and what they expect from him and and what they should get from him. I I think he's a fantastic player, but it's hard to verify it with statistics, and and that's why we we dig into the film. But we also know that uh, you know people don't do that very much. Uh, they 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 certainly don't um, you know, care to spend a lot of time looking at a bad team play on film and so they just look at it and say, Man, that's what you're getting for a hundred million from DeMarcus Lawrence. Uh I, I I like Alden Smith's year. I really do. I I, I would like to think that ultimately um you know they can do a deal with him because it's been a really good story and he's been productive he's had some quiet days but the reality is if you're weak up the middle on defense you don't have a chance and and uh, they don't have anything at defensive tackle so Alden actually slides inside and plays tackle cuz now they can put Randy Gregory outside at least a nickel but you guys know how crazy that is here's a stand up outside linebacker as your as one of your best defensive tackles they just so that's why you run up the gut, and that's why uh, I would imagine Shanahan will roll out a couple jet sweeps or some some, some sideline action to kind of loosen things up early and to get those linebackers jumpy, and then and then just start hitting the a gaps and and, and, and you know the b gaps, uh, you know, and, and and just the inside between the tackles. And it what we saw Washington do against them with motion, especially in Washington. With Scott Turner, first-year offensive coordinator, is just he just absolutely picked him apart with with just motion and and just you know uh, just getting them to to second guess themselves. That Lamar Jackson uh, touchdown run a couple weeks ago was was just a great example of Leighton Vander now lost in his own head where he sees J.K. Dobbins, nobody going with Dobbins. Well, Dobbins doesn't have the football. So what you had there was a a basic zone read where Lamar was never going to give it to Dobbins. He had no blockers, but if he did, he was going untouched to the end zone. So both guys in a either or situation would have gone untouched for a touchdown. And that's that's you know now you got good players trying to do the job of bad players, and it's guys, it's a mess. It's a it's a it's a real mess. So I I definitely think that I would uh, be rolling with the Niners because I I I, re, I respect the ability for them to game plan against obvious weaknesses everyone's seen it it started with Cleveland and then Arizona and then Washington and just every team builds their game plan against this defense off the last one and and they just they just need a full reset uh offseason to to figure out what they're doing because it's bad and and once you start losing guys to injuries now you got bad safeties behind the bad linebackers who are behind the bad defensive tackles and DeMarcus Lawrence can only do so much is my point.
0: All right. Well, let's flip it around now to when the Cowboys have the ball. I mean, both quarterbacks are out in this game, but I still think Dallas, I mean, by far, by far has the better quarterback in this game. What uh, I, I always take the chance to bash Nick Mullins. What have you seen from Dalton so far this year? What kind of a letter grade would you give him?
2: Uh, that's a good one. Um, I would say if I'm grading him against my expectations for Andy Dalton, I would say uh, a solid C plus I I would say he's been fine. You know, um, the concussion didn't help. Uh, and nor did the fact that nobody uh, seemed to want to stick up for him. That didn't help either, but it's a really young offensive line. Connor Williams was their worst offensive lineman when Mike McCarthy took the job like 10 months ago. And now Connor Williams is their best offensive lineman. And so, uh, you know, again, you guys know about injuries, but if your fifth best becomes your best because the top four have all been wiped out with injuries or in Travis Frederick's case, retirement, it's a bit of a mess. Um, but Andy Dalton, you know, after playing in Cincinnati the last couple of seasons, he now realizes the, uh, the importance of getting the ball out and uh, not expecting any protection. And so he does that very well. He throws the ball really well. He just never attacks the middle of the field. So if you understand where he goes with the ball and and what he does with the football, then you understand that uh he's the type of guy that uh, is only going to hurt you on on outside the numbers throws uh, that are that are safe. So he takes care of the ball pretty well and he gets it out fast and they they really don't run the ball well as you guys know as a Zeke owner. And uh, you know, it's just it's it's a team that has extremely talented wide receivers and they can't totally use them because they don't really go vertical much, because that requires protection. And they don't really have just a whole lot of play action because nobody really buys your play action at this point. And so, um, I think Kellen Moore's done a pretty good job coordinating this, but We now have been able to show the doubters, and there's tons in this city, that Dak Prescott is a very important piece of this puzzle. Uh, You know, Dalton's as good as you're probably going to get. And if Dalton had Zach Martin and Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins, I bet you they'd be reasonably competitive. But once you lost the offensive line and then put Andy Dalton behind a bunch of 23 year olds who almost none of them highly regarded in the draft, I mean, Terrence Steele. Going up against, you know, even, even, uh, your, your Texas Tech kid, uh, uh, Hyder. Uh, um, that's a mismatch. Hyder should, Hyder should be able to, to get to him. And, and, and so they got two undrafted tackles who are, one's a rookie, one's a second year guy. Um, Connor McGovern and Connor Williams are pretty good at guard. I think they're both rather promising. And, uh, you know, center is Joe Looney. So, it's 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 really weird it's like a uh, it's like a fish owning a great bicycle out there is having great wide receivers on this offense i mean you got a great bicycle but you're a fish so you can't ride a bike that doesn't help you at all that's that's what having cd lamb and amari cooper right now is for the cowboys offense
1: that's perfect because that's what it's like watching the 49ers offense right. the receivers are open and it's so frustrating yes. because they should have so many more yards and you can see that just last week watching CD Lamb watching Amari Cooper. Like Michael Gallup should be a lot better than what, what he's doing right now, but that's not on him. So I imagine Cowboys fans are in the same boat. And in sticking with receivers, uh, how has CD Lamb been? Because there was a lot of 49ers fans who were really upset when the 49ers passed on CD for Jamaican Law. Now, looking back at it, I mean, hindsight, they're going to they're gonna say, oh, I wanted Ayuk the whole time because he's playing well. But it has, has CD lived up to expectations this year?
2: No doubt. CD's a stud. He is an absolute stud, and uh, the numbers won't reflect that in the second half of the season because he is dominant in the middle of the field, and now you have quarterbacks that won't throw it in the middle of the field. They're instructed not to, so he's turned into kind of a decoy and a gimmick player down the stretch, but when Dak was healthy, CD was just a a top player immediately, and, and I think his... His college tape told us what to expect, and you just never know if it fully translates. But I've got no problem taking CeeDee Lamb over Justin Jefferson. Now, I'm sure I have no, I would have no problem with Justin Jefferson either. He's fantastic, but I thought CeeDee was the best wide receiver in this draft. So when he dropped to the Cowboys, I could not believe it. And, uh, and, and yeah, it, he's going to be a star. Um, the only, my only concern with him is he does take some real collisions and he does work the middle of the field and he's not the most sturdy, sturdily built player in, in football history. So I'm a little worried about the head shots. but, uh, I guess that's most players in this league uh, that you have to just hold your breath that they can avoid the big shots.
0: All right. Now we have to get to the DAC questions, Bob, because I happened to catch a feature on ESPN the other day, a segment. And it got brought up that maybe Dak Prescott should want out of Dallas and possibly wander into San Francisco. And I look at the history of the Cowboys and I say, I can't remember a time ever where Jerry Jones did not sign a guy that he wanted. And Dak Prescott is still unsigned. So I'm just bringing this up. Is there any way that Dak Prescott does not extend his career with the Dallas Cowboys?
2: Well... I mean, there's, yeah, there's probably a way now. I mean, once you get to the franchise tag, it gets, it gets, uh, it gets real. I mean, the door's at least sort of open, but I'll tell you, Dak, you know, there's just certain guys and I'll go back to, uh, the Giannis story this week. There's just certain guys that you don't fully buy are actually interested in being the lead story on ESPN and trying to get the most attention and the most money. I just don't think Dak's that type of guy. I think he's, a a, a high, high, high intangible guy. And I think he considers this his room. And so he's going to get his money right. I mean, they got to tag him again. Um, And I just, I I think this year has done nothing but increase his value. And I think everybody involved, including the coach you just hired for 40 million bucks, uh, there's no way he's coming here if you don't have a quarterback. So, so yes, the door is open. It's not impossible anymore. A year ago, if you would have asked me, I would say impossible. They've screwed this up badly. There's no doubt they're going to pay him more than they could, they had to a, a year ago or two years ago. It's insane how badly they've butchered this. But like I said, once you have a $300 million yacht in the Mediterranean, maybe a $10 million here and there doesn't mean that much to you, so big deal. Uh, I assume we're still at 90% that he's the Cowboys quarterback in three years.
1: How much does his injury affect that?
2: Uh, I, you could debate it hurt him. But you could also debate that a season away helps everyone come to their senses on how valuable he is. So depending on where your head's at with uh, with perspective, I would say you could talk yourself into either way. But if, if people can't see how dependent they've been on Dak now and that it was Dak helping Zeke as much as Zeke was, people would be like, oh. Who couldn't play quarterback with Ezekiel Elliott? I think I think people now understand that Dak is, you know, the the very, very uh required piece of this puzzle, even if they thought Zeke was Emmett Smith for twenty minutes.
0: When Dak went down, do you think Jerry Jones picked up the phone and called
2: Tony Roma? Wow. I can't rule that one out either, guys. Uh I, I, I would think by now they've probably found their heads, but, uh, the Romo stuff is, is always looming, always looming. And, uh, there are fans here that will not ever like Dak because they felt like Romo had his job unrightfully taken away. The drama was high. Um, it, it's it's really interesting how broken this fan base is because of Roger Staubach and and Troy Aikman and i suppose if any fan base can understand it it's the 49ers fan base that everyone wants to live in the past and judge guys against the legends of the game um so 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 romo the fact that he won two playoff games they were both wild card round games and they honestly won't be written in the history books of the NFL by too many people outside of Dallas like he's a really good quarterback who will probably be forgotten um I think that still really breaks a lot of Cowboys fans hearts to know that but uh it is what it is and that's why Dak now has to figure out a way to get to the dizzying heights guys I mean think about this 1995 was the last time the Cowboys won in the divisional round that is unreal for people to imagine. The divisional round, just to make a NFC title game, feels like Mount Everest right now for this fan base. And so, um, at least you guys were a, uh, a overthrow away from Emmanuel Sanders, perhaps trying to win a Super Bowl last February. And I know that still stings, but imagine if your broken heart was a des catch in the divisional round to have a chance to go to Seattle in the 2015 NFC title game. That's why this fan base really needs a piece of good news at some point, or they're all going to go collectively insane. They may already be there. In fact,
1: (laughs) I don't think there's any may about it (laughs) for a lot of fan bases. No doubt. I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, Thank you for giving me some material on Sunday with that last nugget there because I'm definitely throwing it out there now.
2: It's um, too too hard to believe, to be honest.
1: Before we get out of here, we do need a score prediction from you. What do you think happens on Sunday?
2: I uh, I got the Forty 24 twenty four twenty over the Cowboys. I I would pick the Cowboys to to beat some five and nine teams uh, or five and eight, whatever you guys are right now. I would I, w- I would I would pick pick the Cowboys to win games, but not against somebody who could just destroy them X's and O's wise when uh, the 49ers have the ball. So I'm certainly not a Nick Mullins enthusiast, but I imagine this game is is one in the game plan. If And, and I'd, I'd be shocked if Shanahan doesn't have the Cowboy linebackers and safeties spinning in place uh, by about one o'clock on Sunday.
1: I think that the 49ers win 23-17. I agree with you. I think that Shanahan versus Mike Nolan, that pretty much says it all. Yeah. I think um, the 49ers are going to, for the first time, what feels like forever going be, to be able to break off a few long runs. Uh, Rob, what's your score prediction?
0: My score prediction is it doesn't matter because Nick Mullen's going to find a way to screw it up. I think the Cowboys are winning this game. I, I think it's going to be something like 24-17 Cowboys, and Nick Mullins will score two garbage touchdowns at the end of the game to make it look closer than it actually was.
2: <laughs> Love it.
1: Cannot end on a better note than that. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again, Bob. Is there anything that you want to plug before we get out of here?
2: Uh, the Athletic or whatever, but uh, just, uh, I just want to plug football, guys. Just, I hope everybody loves football.
1: Go to the Athletic or whatever. Go to Esquimation or whatever. Watch some football this weekend and enjoy the holidays. Thank you all, and have a great weekend.